study found that taking a walk when it's dark out is good for you. Yeah, the study was sponsored by murderers. What? I missed that. I must what? not have been paying attention. Study it's very says, short. Study walking says, at night. Study says walking at night would be good for you. <laughs> Who, in the, you know, we talk about surveys being put on, like, hey, uh, you know, Colgate puts out a thing that says right. brushing four times sure. a day leads to more happiness and productivity. <laughs> so, better so what big company... Would be funding a study saying it's good to walk at night. Big murderers, that's who. <laughs> murderers. <laughs> now, when you explain the joke for 30 seconds, it makes more sense. It actually but... made me laugh, though. How yeah. about if you listen to the joke? Hey, we're not on in Hawaii <laughs> anymore, right? We've been on in Hawaii and off in Hawaii. I think we're not currently on in Hawaii. Oh, uh, not on the air. We have a lot of folks who listen online, though. Okay. Yeah. Shout out, my friends. They canceled their surfing competition because somebody got eaten by a shark. Why don't you just put skirts on? <laughs> Toughen up! <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, we're going to call a brief timeout while we remove the uh, the legs from the uh, field of play. Here. Well, now and... he's full, so the rest of you can probably serve. <laughs> well, there you go. You're a practical man. They're just as scared of you as you are of it. Nah, I don't, I don't have, think they are. I don't have several <laughs> rows of razor-sharp teeth. <laughs> Although you could if you brush four times a day, according to a new survey from Colgate. <laughs> Uh, we are so proud, folks, to present our entire list of Gavi Award winners uh, at armstrongandgetty.com. We've collected this bag of hypocrites uh, for you to survey the uh, Gavin Newsom Award for Government Hypocrisy During COVID. Um, and, again, that's at armstrongandgetty.com. You can also get some great ANG swag there if you want it. Uh, so a couple of follow-ups. We were talking about the uh, anti-racist training in schools and how some of it is quote-unquote voluntary. Yeah, well, uh, Al Anonymous says the jackals would be on my heels in an instant if you don't keep me anonymous. Uh, check out the email from the district leadership, as well as the homework we principals have to do in preparation for our latest brainwashing session. And to answer the obvious question, no, nobody can speak up and challenge the mindless groupthink that's occurring, at least not publicly. You'd lose your job in a heartbeat. The only thing I could do is shield my staff and students from this and hope it goes away soon. It's not going to. No. No. What would be the driving force to make it go away? You've got an incoming national administration that's much more in favor of this sort of thing. It's a Marxist plan to get you guilty, to, to convince you that you are a racist. And the only way you can be not a racist is if you follow their every instruction. The, the particulars don't matter. That's The particulars are not the point. The point is you are guilty... Until we say you are innocent. Well, and it is racist because it's making all kinds of assumptions of about you based on your skin color. Right. You're white, so here's what you think. You don't know what I think. Right. No, I do, because you're white and you were born this way. What? If you love this country, you are a racist. I thought we were trying to get away from the whole you were born with these attitudes sorts of thing. Right. Because right. of your skin color. A uh, couple of COVID notes. I hate talking about the COVID, but it's the worst it's been during this whole time. I'd like that to not be true. Unfortunately, it is. Over a third of Americans live in areas where hospitals reported critical shortages of intensive care beds right now. A third of Americans. And so I got this text from my brother yesterday who lives in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, middle America, where I went to college. And... Um, I had friends coming out from that part of the country. I remember in the summer and they were visiting me and they're kind of amused that, man, where I live, people are 
You're wearing masks and your restaurants are closed. It's weird. We don't we are not doing anything. Well, the COVID just hadn't gotten there yet uh, as it spreads around on its own and kind of makes its own decisions of where it's going and who it's going to affect. No matter what we would do, it would seem. But so my brother who lives in the middle of nowhere texted me. The hospital is full. They're diverting patients, uh, driving them a, a 25 miles away, which is a whole different town to another county. They turned away 103 transfers recently. Over over the previous 14 years, they had rejected transfers twice. Wow. They had to reject 103 people just recently because they just don't have room for all of them that Mm. need to be in the hospital, which means you're pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a little bit scary. Yeah. And that's happening all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, got to flatten the curve, as they say. Got to be smart. Okay, by doing what? You know, the the list, the, the regular list. Does the list include not eating outdoors? I don't know why it would. No, I don't think so. I think if you're outdoors, you're almost certainly fine. Does the list include your kids don't go to school? I'm not, I don't know why no. it would. No, no. Yeah. All right. But again, it's so knee-jerk and arbitrary. And so many of these, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of government officials that think, I need to save as many precious lives as I can. But there are a hell of a lot of public officials who are thinking, i got to cover my ass. How do I cover my ass? How do I uh, get reelected next time and, and be able to blame others? There, there are a lot of places, though, in the country that had no COVID, and it was just kind of a, like a story on TV about other places that sure. now have it everywhere. Yeah. It's yep. something. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, government officials and the Gavi Awards and the rest of it, a couple of uh, stories of note on, uh, well, semi-related to the... Uh, uh, the COVID in Cal Unicornia. Uh, number one, Yelp has now shut down comments on the French Laundry's review page. <laughs> 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 it was getting pretty sporty there. Good job, oh. Internet. Why didn't I read those? I'm sure they're very clever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They've disabled postings for Gavin Newsom's uh, favorite hypocritical whatever $500 a plate uh, dining spot upon further review though no I'm mad at Gavin I'm not mad at the restaurant for serving food and being a business no no absolutely not it's Gavin's comment section that needs to be shut down yeah is this the best thing that ever happened to French Laundry or worst thing or or nothing well they're booked up forever anyway yeah so I don't I don't know um I wonder if one of the reasons they're booked up forever is if politicians apparently want to celebrate birthday parties with the lobbyists they can get in anytime they want maybe that's why the wait yes. was so long yes well that's part of it uh but I, I wish we had at our fingertips congressman tom mcclintock's comment that i thought was so good saying i congratulate gavin newsom on ignoring his own idiotic edicts and making adult decisions on what's best for him and his family uh, so having said that, uh, another thought or another uh, quick story. Elon Musk has announced he's uh, moving to Austin. He actually he is, is. Leaving. Uh, he has uh, one home in L.A. or one or more homes in L.A. One on the moon. Uh, one on the moon. One in the Bay Area of California. And he has announced he is moving to Austin. He has had enough uh, with California. Uh, interestingly enough, I just heard last night, I think it was on Tucker's show, Adam Carolla. Uh, TV, radio, podcast personality, really interesting guy, writer, too. I love his books. Um, he's uh, born and bred uh, Los Angelino, and right. he's leaving. Was building houses. Yep, yep. He's. Uh, I think he's heading to Houston. So, uh, I mean, he he's as L.A. as anybody I, I know, and he's gone. And little Ben Shapiro picked up his operation, his giant successful operation, and moved to Tennessee. You know, I don't think you need to comment on his uh, his stature. 
or lack thereof. It's a little demeaning. Well, okay, he can call me uh, shiny-headed Jack Armstrong so, <laughs> if, he ever, if he ever wants to comment on me. Yeah, indeed. He uh, picked up his old company and moved it to the Nashville area, as I understand. Uh-huh. Uh, I just came across this. It was actually alert uh, listener. Uh, I like to give credit where it's due, where to go. Uh, Jackson, um, who pointed out in the the utterly uh, Marxist Bay Area of California that's been more shut down than anywhere in the country and has not escaped an inch of the wrath of the COVID um, and is just absolutely trampling on people's rights right and left in all sorts of Contra Costa, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Alameda counties under new man- mandates. Marin County expected to follow. Uh, San Mateo County has decided not to implement the recently issued rules for several reasons. And their head health guy is uh, named Scott Morrow. I think we've quoted him once before. Um, and he, he says some fairly sympathetic things about the difficult choices people are making. Um, but he says, but I'm not managing the state. I'm trying to make the best public health decisions for all of you. And he put out a, in detail a list of 15 reasons why he decided not to enforce the state stay-at-home order. Um, and, you know, some of the highlights. Uh, you know what? Boy, this is kind of long. Um, many, I may have a different view of the power and authority as a function of my position than some of my colleagues. During the first shelter-in-place order, which I wholeheartedly endorsed, the virus was brand new and had the capability of spreading exponentially due to zero immunity, people's complete lack of awareness. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He talks about that time. However, I quickly rescinded my initial order, shuttering society, and focused my new orders on the personal behaviors that are driving the pandemic mainly limiting gatherings, using mass social distancing, uh, et cetera. Just because one has the legal uh, authority to do something doesn't mean one has to use it or that using it is the best course of action. What I believed back in May and what I believe now is the power and the authority to control this pandemic lies primarily in your hands, not mine. And he goes into a fair amount of detail about what they're doing and what they're not doing and why. But I'm heartened to hear there is one guy with balls in intellect, who's able to look at this in a holistic way, in a human way, not just a COVID-obsessed way. So, Scott Morrow, we salute ye, sir. So Tinder took a look at the weird year of pandemic dating with their annual swipe report. I've not been on the Tinder, but apparently they'll give us an insight into the the, the world of dating. Um, At some point, we ought to talk about this so-called peace deal that's being put together in Afghanistan so uh, at least half of our troops can leave. I didn't realize they want us out so bad. Everybody. Oh, yeah. The Taliban and the other people. Everybody wants us out, mm-hmm. which I say we should accommodate them if that's what they want. Their there country. are very few countries that are fans of occupying forces. Absolutely. That would seem to be the case. Um, uh, when Apple announced a new product that I really want for Christmas, but it's a little pricey. Um, all that stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Apple unveiled a pair of noise-canceling headphones called the AirPods Max. And get this, they cost $549. Check them out. Yep. Noise-canceling headphones for $549. When they heard people quarantining with kids were like, I'll give you 800 <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that's so that's the new uh, uh, 
the newest, greatest noise canceling music supposed to sound amazing headphone thing out there from Apple, and they're five hundred and fifty bucks. So that's a little more than I'm probably going to spend. I got the Bose ones that are pretty damn pricey, but I wear them a couple of hours per day, seven days a week. Oh, do you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Taking in news, podcasts, music, whatever, and uh, they're awesome. Absolutely awesome. Mm. Noise canceling technology still fascinates me. It's one of those oh, yeah. things where I, I'm I don't know if it's science or sorcery, but it's neat. I also wear mine uh, if I'm on the tractor doing anything or mowing the lawn or anything. You know, I'm, I I can take it in podcasts or whatever, and I don't I'm not ruining my hearing like I did for most of my life. Right. Yeah. But yeah. On airplanes, are, they're invaluable. The noise cancelers, I yeah. gotta have them. That's probably where I use mine the least. But uh, people chattering idiotically makes me homicidal. <laughs> Speaking of toy ideas, that's a grown-up toy, and then a kid, well, grown-ups will probably buy this. The Mandalorian spaceship, which is called the Razor Crest, I guess, is available. Of course it is, you guess. Lego, I didn't know that. Lego has got one out now, so it's like a million pieces and costs, you'll have to take out a loan. But uh, you won't be able to find one because all the 30-year-old weirdo dudes will buy it. <laughs> Buying four of them. Yeah. Can I trade a piece of web car armor? Or what's that called? Beskar. Beskar. <laughs> I will trade you a spear of pure Beskar for the Lego ship. You got something on that, Hanson? Oh, I, I, I got one. So, you got uh, one? How, oh, did yeah. you, how did you snag one? What? What did it cost? You know, actually, I got to give credit to my wife. I'm sure I can look it up. What did it cost? Uh, I don't know. She paid for it, but I went into the it's Lego gotta store. It's got to be three figures. I went into the Lego store on uh, Sunday night, and they had like six of them. I'm like, no problem. I'll come back tomorrow Whoa. and get one. Oh. Oh. Yeah, looks to be starting in the mid two forties on oh, eBay. Good that's oh, the, on eBay. That's okay, the eBay yeah. price because you can't oh. get them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe it looks like retail's closer to like a hundred. So your kids don't know you're they're getting it yet. Now you turn a profit on this, and you get them something else. This yeah, is clearly, clearly you paid a hundred for it. Damn good idea. You sell it for three hundred, and now you Christmas is paid for. It's an opportunity, my friend. Teach the kids about uh, supply and demand or scarcity. I remember when Legos were like a poor kid's toy. It cost like a buck and a half to get a bucket of blocks, and you'd build stuff with it. I don't know. We didn't have real Legos when I was a kid because they were too expensive. We had Legos. We had <laughs> Duplos or whatever the other ones were, yeah. and yeah. they worked fine. But Legos are. Pricey. Well, yeah. also, Legos, when you were a child, didn't purchase intellectual property to make a baby Yoda set no. thing, so they right. have to offset they those were, costs. They were all squares and or yeah. rectangles. Yeah, I believe the square <laughs> is in the public domain at this point. <laughs> <laughs> as is the wheel, uh, if, if you went high class. Coming up, we need to talk a little more about that Chinese spy that was going around the country uh, betting up-and-coming politicians to try to get either information or compromise them or something. It's really interesting. China is sending hotties into this country to sidle up to politicians. They think, oh, that guy is going to be something. He's going to be a senator someday or something. Right. Well, and they have enough of them, evidently, that they don't wait till the politicians make double-A ball, if you will. I mean, like Eric Swalwell, who may or may not have been rolling around getting hot, hot Chinese spy love. He was <laughs> he was like an up and coming city councilman right. when she latched onto him. I am pro other countries sending us their hotties. We just got to figure out the spy thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. These these uh, spies are like Susan Sarandon in uh, Bull Durham, the classic baseball movie. She just hangs around a ma- minor league ballparks, trying to figure out who's probably going to be in the major leagues, then beds them. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, So we'll get into that. Also, the supposed peace deal that's being put together between the Taliban and the government there in Afghanistan, which I think everybody knows is a joke, yet both sides still want us out of there. 
Yeah, I heard, was it uh, Brett Baer or somebody was was asking their panelists, now, do we think the Taliban are negotiating in good faith? Or <laughs> might they violate these agreements as soon as the U.S. is gone? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I got to admit, I was surprised when I saw that a, a poll of people in Kabul, overwhelmingly they want us out of there. And they've got to know the Taliban's going to take that place over, like, the day we leave. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you said earlier. Countries don't like being occupied by foreign forces. But right. our intent. Yeah, but our intentions were good, which is actually a great book about uh, Iraq, the occupation of Iraq. But anyway. The name of the book is But Our Intentions Were Good? I believe that is the title. Yeah. It's a pretty good title. It's uh, the classic road to hell is paved with et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and it's a hell of a first-person account of being on the ground in Iraq, actually working for the State Department, trying to, you know, win hearts and minds and rebuild uh, roads and schools and the rest of it. And all just, it went straight to hell, straight to hell. And we'll get to that, what was dating like in the year uh, 2020, according to the Tinder survey. Also, we have a late-night joke-off on the fact that Great Britain started giving out uh, the COVID vaccine uh, yesterday and all those things that we'll catch you up on. Text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC, and we'll check in on Eric Swalwell and his hot, hot Chinese possible mistress. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And here's the amazing thing. As of tonight, with this, all this information public, Eric Swalwell, who has used his office to promote Beijing's talking points, almost word for word, ones that matter, by the way, a man who admits to a close personal relationship with an actual Chinese spy who helped him get elected to Congress, raised money for him, and put an intern, probably another spy, in his office, that man continues to serve on the House Intelligence Committee, where he has unrestricted access to classified information. How is this happening? Axios was out with a year-long report, a report that took him a year, on this uh, Chinese spy, Fong Fong, also known as Christine Fong. For for all our locker room childish double entendres. Um, Speak for yourself. Mine are sophisticated. The story of sending a Chinese uh, spy honeypot over to target up-and-coming politicians and bed them is really an interesting story. I mean, that's great movie material. Well, it, it's probably worth mentioning that the the Chinese uh, Thousand Talents program or their whole of society thing is a, a scientists, spies, prostitute spies, regular prostitutes, uh, students, shopkeepers, everybody must be in on the bringing the U.S. down and bringing China up thing. And and they're they're doing that every single day, and they have a 1,000-year timeline, and it's worth knowing. But, yes, this is extremely interesting. Now, the Axios piece that we were quoting from yesterday was saying, yeah, she raised money for Eric Swalwell, who's a congressman from California at this point, and they knew each other, and Swalwell put out a statement saying, I knew her, uh, I met her eight years ago, I haven't seen her for six years, and uh, they said, well, did uh, did you two, uh, you know, make sweet Chinese spy love? I did not uh, have sexual relations with that woman, Mrs. Fang Fang. uh, No, actually, they said, listen, we can't comment any further because uh, it could be classified. Is she Fang Fang or Fung Fung? Uh, uh, Tucker was calling her Fung Fung. 
Uh, yeah, I you know, I've actually known some Chinese Americans who say fang and some say fong. Okay. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, Axios was just saying they knew each other. It's not clear, blah, blah, blah. But then Tucker Carlson last night said, U.S. intelligence officials have told me that, yes, uh, Christine Fong and, and, and Swalwell did have an intimate relationship. There's so. an awful lot of pictures of them together, and that doesn't mean anything. It, no, as a it, politician. It means more, though, the fact that she was targeting politicians because it is admitted by other, like, small-town mayors across the country, for instance, that did sleep with her, mm-hmm. that that is what she had done. She 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 pretended to be, uh, you know, interested in them, and then they fell for it, and it turned out she was a spy. So you know she was working that ruse on Swalwell. Doesn't mean he 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 went for it, but she tried, I guarantee you. The other interesting aspect of this to me, other than the obvious, and I was talking to my daughter about this uh, last night because this is the sort of thing she was studying in college, um, is that Chinese the, prostitute spies? Uh, no, not per se, but intelligence and, uh, oh, okay. and and covert activities and that sort of thing. But didn't know it was an entire area of study. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd have taken that class if it was offered. <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, one of the more interesting aspects of this to me is that uh, Ms. Christine Fong, while clearly a Chinese agent, was not accused of doing anything directly illegal. She was just gathering all the intelligence she could on future, uh, perhaps prominent government officials. Just filling in all the lines in the playbook. That was her gig. She wasn't like taking clandestine pictures of Fort Leavenworth or anything like that. Hmm. She was just getting to know people and learning everything she could and reporting it back to her her evil spy masters. Um, but it, Swalwell is an interesting case because uh, Tucker did play a number of clips where he is he was echoing China's talking points. Now, is he compromised? Because the FBI was concerned enough, they had one of those defensive briefings with them, saying. Hey, your gal pal's a Chinese spy, numbnuts. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't phrase it exactly like that. But that's the very sort of defensive briefing that famously the FBI did not give Trump when they allegedly mm-hmm. thought Carter Page might be compromised or something like that. Um, but but Swalwell is absolutely a liar and a punk. Whether he's compromised re-China, I don't know. But uh, one final note on this guy. Um That'd be a pretty good way to compromise somebody because I believe he's married with kids. Yeah, um, I think he is. You got you got that blowing up your whole family hanging out over your head over there. You know, I don't I don't know that everyone would completely sell out their country, um, and I, I think most people wouldn't. But you might just uh, tamp down. <laughs> you might tamp down the criticism a little. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I will not sell out my country unless you send her over one more time. Well, just come on, one more. Ah, great memory. For old time's sake. I won't sell it out, but I'll discuss leasing options. You know, uh, come on, it's a year of the snake. Let's uh... <laughs> take the hint. So, um, it, it, one interesting thing about Spycraft, though, is that they wouldn't over ask a Swalwell. They wouldn't take a chance on him flaking. They would make all the asks really gentle. Eric, listen, all we're asking is at the committee meeting. Say our trade relationship with China has brought many jobs to the United States. Just say that. 
Well, again, we're not asking you to go into the archives and steal the Constitution and deliver it to Chairman Xi. Or just just say some pleasant stuff. We now don't need the nuclear codes. Just right. uh, say something kind of right. nice. But uh, speaking of Swalwell, and this was so good, I appreciated Tucker doing this. Uh, in clip 61, Sean, uh, here is uh, Eric over the last uh, few years talking about Trump's alleged involvement with Vlad Putin, ironically enough. The question has shifted uh, from whether the president is working with the Russians to what evidence exists uh, that the president is not working uh, with the Russians. He's betrayed our country, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I, I worked as a prosecutor for seven years, and I... But betraying the country, by the way, we want evidence before you yeah. say that, but you said an agent of Russia. Yeah, he, he works on their behalf. Do you still believe that the president is a, a Russian agent? I think he acts on Russia's behalf, and he puts Russia's interests ahead too often of America's interests. You're a member of the judiciary. Do you believe the president right now has been an agent of the Russians? Yes, I, I think there's more evidence than he agent. is. Yes, and I, I think all the arrows point in that direction, and I haven't seen a single piece of evidence that he's not. That is a heck of a thing. <laughs> what a weird time in our nation's history. you got a, a congressman going around saying the president's an agent of one of our enemies. <laughs> and then and it barely even registers because we're so used to that sort of thing now. And, and then to add stupidity to the, to the dishonesty, he insists that you have to prove the negative. Yeah. Otherwise, it's true. Okay, Good well then, God, what a stew of idiocy. We, idiocy. Well, let's apply the same standards to you then. A woman that is known to be a Chinese spy who is betting politicians, they admit to it, uh, was, uh, was uh, seen arm in arm with you a whole bunch of different times. I don't have any evidence that you weren't betting this Chinese spy. And she was uh, giving secrets to the Chinese. Beautiful. I haven't seen any evidence that you're not a Chinese asset, Eric Swalwell. Well, the arrows point that direction. I'm going to assume you are a stooge of Chairman Xi and a bootlicker of the communists, Eric, unless you prove otherwise. Case closed. Canceled. Canceled. Do we still have that? That is so good. I really felt like I, I felt like I was leading up to something, but there was no something. <laughs> uh, so we'll keep our eye on that story. And you got to assume that she's not the only one of these in the country. I, I think Eric Swalwell ought to be in Supermax in Colorado, uh, the Supermax federal prison, until he proves that he is not a Chinese agent. I would just say to this to you, if you're a, uh, you know, important in business or politics or, you know, you're a, a professor of something and you have some information the Chinese want, and you're just kind of an average-looking dope that uh, chicks aren't regularly hitting on. If all of a sudden some young Chinese hottie is interested in you, you might yeah. want to think it over for a little bit. Yeah, this is this is your big brother Jack and your big brother Joe putting our arm around your shoulder and saying, listen, you are a good guy and there's absolutely a gal out there for you. But the Chinese supermodel who's rubbing your thigh, she ain't it. She likes me. <laughs> she understands me. Chairman she understands you. You don't oh. understand what we have, Joe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. <laughs> oh, Sean, that's so good. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, maybe we take a break so we got time to do the uh, late night joke off on the idea of the UK getting the vaccine first. I got to admit, I'm a little wounded as an American that the Brits were lining up getting the shots before we do in the United States. You know, I'm willing to discuss that. But the one thing I, I, I have to demand at this point, news networks, all of you, all of you. 
can you please talk about the vaccine and not always show footage of people getting a yeah, needle jabbed into them? What is that? Oh, I know. Oh, an inoculation. Yeah, I just saw a needle go in someone's arm. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I see needles jab people 50 times a day now. I'm, it, it, I know. I and, don't like it. And my son uh, has got a number of problems, and one of them is needle phobia from all his medical stuff. He goes into, like, full... I mean, he's he's curled up in a ball crying or goes to his room. Oh. And it is, you can't turn on the TV without seeing somebody get jabbed with a needle yeah. because of this story. It is weird. Hey, lazy, lazy TV news. Come up with something. An it's, infographic it, on how uh, our DNA, our RNA uh, the, the vaccines work or something. It's like whenever, not they, needles. whenever they do a... <laughs> A story on obesity in America, and they get the B-roll of all the fat people. Oh, fat people. Oh, that's fat. what you're talking about. Right. Thanks With a the- huge <laughs> belly and a big ass. Right. Now I remember. <laughs> anyway, we got all that stuff coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I believe we had promised the late night joke off. This is when a topic is so big that a lot of your late night shows uh, take a a swipe at the same topic and then we compare their jokes and Joe grades them. Indeed I do, Jack. And the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life, according to the powers vested in me by the blah, 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 blah. I think the topic will be obvious. Britain became the first Western country to inoculate people against the coronavirus. Of course, it being Britain, they give you a shot in the other arm, which they call a lorry, and it's administered with a spoonful of sugar. 90-year-old Margaret Keenan is the first patient in the world to receive the Pfizer vaccine. Or as the Queen put it, sure, sure she was. Today, the United Kingdom started giving out the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, a 90-year-old woman in England became the first person in the world to get the shot. And it was just in time because she's going to see the Chainsmokers live next week. Uh, uh, I was so excited there. It was almost an unprecedented all three were funny. Hmm. Old lady going to see the chain smokers, mildly amusing if you're hip to that band. I like Fallon's joke. Queen said, Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Colbert with a solid B plus. Fallon with a solid B plus. Corden C minus. And he's a foreigner, so he's downgraded one oh, full wow. grade for taking comedy jobs Americans could do. Uh, so Corden's banned from comedy for life. Failing grades are off the rails this year, according to studies. Not surprising. We'll get to that coming up later. Also, there's a there's a, a website where you can type in your particulars, and it'll let you know when you're probably going to get the vaccine, when you're going to get your shot. Not mm. calendar date, but it lets you know where you are in line. Yeah, so yeah. cool. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll fill that out uh, next hour and see when we're going to get jabbed. This is assuming you want it. Again, polls show 50, 50, 60, 40, depending who you ask. The average I'll, I'll bet it varies like crazy regionally too, how you know politics does. Yeah. The average shopper will buy this many people a gift for the holidays this year, according to a new survey. Um the average American will spend about three hundred and twenty bucks on gifts for six different people. 
research indicates. I don't know if that is, is that up or down in previous years. Um, Generation Z is planning to spend almost $110 less and will exchange gifts for fewer people. Well, that's well, because they're younger and poorer. They're poor. And they don't have kids. Yeah, it's a difference between the generations. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, you know how many gifts I bought for people when I was like 20 years old? Not a here's lot. A, here's a nice pen. Still got like half the ink in it. <laughs> I, I brought a six pack over. That's what. That's my gift. <laughs> Merry Christmas, dudes. Exactly. Sixty or two thirds. I'll make it two thirds of respondents are rethinking how they'll go about gifting this holiday season. Yeah, I would say. I give everybody on my list a luxury car with a big red bow on the top. Of God, it. I the, every year. So you're who those commercials are for? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. A new one every year. Chevy GMC had one of those ads. <laughs> The other day, and I just thought that they must—they must, they must strike other people as a better idea than us, or or something selling cars because they've been around since I was a kid. But it's even when I was a kid, it seemed weird to me. Sure, because I knew my mom and dad weren't gonna like surprise each other with cars. First you of all, you've got to be what you got to be really wealthy to just yeah. go out and buy it. In, in in this Chevy commercial, they bought two, and she chose the one he he'd bought for him. So that was the big, you know. Oh my, I guess I'll take that one then. You bought two brand new vehicles as a Christmas gift. Just as a surprise. And made the decision solo. What a, who, who does that? I just went ahead and bought $140,000 worth of cars. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> During uh, an economic uh, depression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, well, those ads aren't for me, apparently. Two-thirds of people say they're going to buy online. We've talked about that. Yeah, that, that, that's bad news for brick and motor. That gets into the uh, Ian Bremmer. One of the things he's got out right now is things that were going to happen anyway that got sped up by the pandemic. And mm. most of his stuff is foreign policy, like, for instance, the, the coming division between the U.S. and China just got sped up. It was going to happen anyway, but it just got rapidly you know, moved forward on the timeline because of all this. Um, definitely on that is online shopping and brick and mortar suffering and that sort of thing, like working from home and other things. Um, about half of people plan on exchanging gifts in person. 40% are planning a socially distanced holiday party. We're going to get together with our kids and roll the dice. Of course we are. I mean, but neither Everybody? Judy or I are particularly vulnerable, nor are any of our kids, mm -hmm. so. Are you going to, like, uh, be far apart and wear masks? Or? I'm going to give them big hugs and tell them I love them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, you're not following the science. I think you should. I'm going to peer through your window. I think you should. Shut you down. I really think you should run that by your county health commissioner and see if they think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I got something to run by them. <laughs> um, people admitted that they dislike about 17% of the presents they received during the holiday season. <laughs> Translating to roughly one out of every six gifts. Thanks for doing that math for us. <laughs> whenever that somebody, sounds about right. Yeah, whenever somebody gives me a gift, I give thumbs up or thumbs down. It's oh, just, wow, like a Roman emperor. Yeah. Oh, that's cruel. That, that, that's fine, right? It, <laughs> it really is the thought that counts. You know, I demand explanations. Why did you think I would like this? Go. <laughs> Go. Prosecute them. Exactly. How can you become a good gift giver if I don't criticize you? What about me screams this? <laughs> You've known me for how long? And you thought I would like this. Why? Generation Z, which is really young people, were especially discerning, dis disliking one out of every four gifts they've received in the past. 
Uh, significantly more than boomers, only disapprove of about one out of every 14. I think that probably fits in pretty well with uh, what we all think about the generations. Okay, boomer. Don't you think so? <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, ten. The, the top 10 gifts people will buy this year, number one, buy quite a bit, gift card. Very popular and easy to do during a pandemic. And you know what? I get a gift card. I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly happy with gift cards. I love them. Yeah, it, it seems oddly transactional, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, people always feel weird about giving money, but I'm like, you know what's great about money is if I don't like the money, I can exchange it for something I do like. <laughs> Not so with a sweater. <laughs> Not so with a sweater or socks that are a weird color or anything like that. You can go to sweaterbarter.com. <laughs> Sweaterbarter. <laughs> Uh, that Hey, this is pretty interesting. So back to back, the, the number one gift people will buy this year for other people, gift card. The number one gift people want this year, gift card. Mm. Talk about win-win and easy, and easy shopping. It's the free market, baby, right there. Stop at any grocery store in America. They got every gift card that can possibly exist right there by the checkout stand. That's the number one thing your family and friends want. You're done shopping. And look at that. There's Milton Friedman and Santa Claus shaking hands in front of the Christmas tree. Have we sort of ended Christmas as a society where we're just to the, I'll give you $100, you give me $100, we'll smile and walk away? (laughs) I guess so. In front of a tree, which I think came from Germany. Except for my $100 can only be spent at TGI Fridays. <laughs> hey, weren't you going to do something about dating during the uh, the, the COVID? I was. I got, I got to get to that. I got the failing yeah. grades. I've got the Tinder year and dating report. Oh, I got a number of things that we need to get to. Exchanging yeah. $100 bills, the, uh, the American Christmas. Everybody just pass it to the right. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.